0: Welcome back to this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. This is our brand performance podcast. And today I'm really excited because our performance conversation is with a very special guest of ours. You know, this is the second episode. Daryl Keezer is joining us and he is the founder of Candy Box Marketing and Launch 48. Growth 500 award times two right there is pretty powerful. And he runs a digital marketing agency as well as being a keynote speaker. Now, Daryl has been with us in 2017. When we launched our podcast, he was one of our pivotal guests. And the information that Daryl shares is so powerful. And that's why we have him as a returning guest on this podcast, because I love what Daryl does. And I know you will, too, after listening to this episode. So, Daryl, thank you for being part of this conversation today.
1: Hey, thanks for having me back again. Apparently, I didn't screw up the first time too much. And so uh, I appreciate uh, the vote of confidence here.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So I think what attracted me back in 2017, when we first met, you know, was this candy box marketing concept. Can you give our listeners an understanding of of what candy box marketing is?
1: Sure. Uh, So, you know, on paper, we are a full service digital marketing agency. Uh, And so we do everything web, search, social, video, uh, you know, multimedia. But, you know, our our main focus is that uh, digital marketing has always kind of been handled with tons of contractors and tying things together and trying to figure out what a lead funnel is. And, and uh, uh, we just believe that, that marketing uh, should be sweet Uh, and, and it should be incredible from, you know, uh, every step of the consumer journey, whether it's a Google search ad or an Instagram post all the way through to, you know, checking out. And so um, we have a full in-house team. Uh, I think we're right now, 24 full-time members um, uh, with no outsourcing and, um, and we just work as a team to make marketing work.
0: So you say you make marketing sweet. It was fun because I participated in a webinar that you did in the last month. And it was really fun because you launched out with a poll of what kind of chocolate people wanted. Was it milk chocolate, dark chocolate? And I just Mm -hmm. thought it was fascinating. I love how you weave this candy concept Mm -hmm. into what we do. Give us your two cents and, and why you do that. And what's that all about?
1: Yeah, so um, when I was a kid, uh, my favorite movie of all time was um, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And I I think I watched it so many times that we had to like buy a new VHS because it just wore out. I think that in all of us, in any kid, can bring them into a candy store and their eyes just go wide with wonder. I also uh, found out a a little bit of an Easter egg from the movie where uh, where you see the kids walking, if you've seen the movie, if you see the kids walking into the factory for the first time, they see like the chocolate waterfall and all that stuff. Little known fact is that uh, they never showed the set to the kids. They just opened up the doors and they videotaped their first reactions of seeing this and just let them go wild. And when I think about marketing, I always think about like, as a consumer, we want Buy candy, you know, like we want to see something that is aesthetically pleasing. And you may say, well, I don't really sell products. I sell services. And yet um, the the rules are all the same. Like we still want to see either a better version of our company, a better version of ourselves, you know, if we're buying running shoes, we're, we're, we're not buying running shoes. Like we're buying like 15 pounds less around the waist. Right. And, and, and all those things together, we believe that, that marketing should be attractive, And it should properly convey the product or service. And so we kind of weave that in where it's like, we just want to make everything look like eye candy and anything that doesn't, we, we don't work on, you know, so we're not just building websites that are annoying or ads that are misleading or anything like that. Everything should be pleasing for the end customer. And at the end of the day, if if that's true, we all win.
0: Right. Right. Okay. So here's a validator for you too, Daryl. You know, Candybox Marketing, I was introduced to, I can't even tell you how we got introduced together, but maybe it was through our Forbes interaction, I believe. But Mm -hmm. here's the validator. Three years later, we're still super fans of Candybox Marketing, right? You're a go-to person. When I do have questions, I mean, I've reached out and and I've asked your opinion on things. So, I mean, the beauty of having a, a person like you in our, you know, in somebody's corner Really says a lot, but the impact that candy box marketing has made on personal brands and just my awareness of brands, it's um, you know it's just powerful to to have that type of partnership and synergy. So kudos to you for the ability to sustain a partnership even in that space. paid client or not? I mean just a, being an influencer and knowing that you're somebody who we should be following.
1: it's It's a really fun industry. and if you love what you do, you just you, you build those relationships naturally with people that are passionate about it. Um, you know, it's not all about, you know, uh, just like the end buck um, or the bottom line. Uh, we, I really love marketing. I love marketing that, that my firm doesn't do. And I'm, I'm going to, you know, pay, uh, pay attention to that. And we really have an incredible team uh, that produces. And so whether people want to work with us or not, I'm very happy to always just jump on a call and saying, let me take a look at it and, you know, give you that advice. You know, anything from, you know, solving some IT issues to rethinking a strategy it's just what we love. And so yeah. we, we can help ourselves.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And it, then it's easy to refer you, you know, because you have such a wonderful approach to things. It's easy to say, Hey, you know what, connect with Daryl Keezer He's got some, you know, some sage advice <laughs> that, uh, you know, you should it. look into. And so easy, easy referral there. Okay. So tell us about Launch 48. What's Launch 48? And why did you start that concept?
1: Yeah. So, you know, originally within Candy Box, um, we do really, I would want to say like elaborate beautiful pixel perfect sites um, that are incredible and uh about four years ago we had a lot of customers come to us and saying we really love working with your group we really love like what you're doing but um we need a website like in two weeks and it's for this specific campaign and it doesn't need to be pixel perfect but like we just need to get it done and um uh, you know, we just found over and over again that was we were just finding all these all these things and and we literally had no one to send them to. And so like I would hate it when like you know, they'd start working with like a, a let's just say a freelancer or somebody just coming out of college, not that there's anything wrong with it, but they don't really have the marketing expertise of executing you know like a a website that is actually like mobile friendly and secured and all those different things. And so we created a program where we literally, locked them in a room no i shouldn't say that we didn't lock them in we put them in a room next to our designer we work one-on-one with them over a period of like anywhere from two days to even up to five days and we just hammered out so we we plan we design we develop all at the same time and so we can get a, a website done in a couple days and a couple grand and that's it uh since then we've launched about um i think we're around 1200 sites in the last four years uh, so we've done it a couple times. And, uh, and you know, although we're still building pixel, perfect custom designs at candy box, a lot of clients are also going with launch 48. And so, uh, we named it Launch 48, right? 48 in regards to the first 48 hours of like, you know, planning, uh, designing and launching. And, uh, and yeah, it has worked really well. And our customers have been extremely happy and, uh, we literally do no advertising for it because we get so many referrals for the program.
0: Yeah. Well, and right there too, again, you know, you're listening to what your clients were, were asking for. And instead of resisting that, you allowed that. And I think entrepreneurs, I mean, you've definitely got a mindset for entrepreneurship and your ability to take just listening to that need and turning it into something, which is really, really powerful. So, you know, there's just a lot to be said about that as an entrepreneur. But, you know, here's another thing that's fascinating that people maybe don't know about you. You took it upon yourself and I want you to tell the story. You know, you made a mission to launch a new company every year. You want to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So um, I I do get bored, uh, even though I'm busy. And so uh, I like doing new things. And when I see a new concept or a new idea, I just want to get my hands on it. And so although Candybox, I'd say, I mean, it's a very, it's a large agency now um, that I do spend most of my time in that. Um, Every year it's my goal to launch one new company. Um, And I use the word company loosely. Like, uh, for example, Launch 48 was originally like a company, but we found it. Um, it did better, almost kind of like being a a, a program or a sister company to Candybox, uh, and so we work together uh, on on different projects. And um, and so what I do is I typically like you know when an idea hits me, um, I'll register the dot .com, and uh, I start building a landing page and building like a little business model around an online presence, and I try it out. Uh, I start advertising. I start seeing if there's um if there is appetite in the market for what we're offering. I start talking uh, to different people about it. And, uh, and sometimes it work and sometimes they don't. Uh, but every year, at least we're trying something new, like a new initiative to, uh, to get out to the market and meet a need. And um, I'm, I'm typically quite excited about it in the first four weeks. And then if it takes off, then we start really forming that into its own company.
0: Okay. Now, here's another thing too. You and I had this conversation recently about that. It was around the conversation of failure and scratching it take mm-hmm. us into that space, you know, where sometimes we hang on too long to something and it, mm-hmm. it just drags us down and it weighs down the energy that we have as entrepreneurs. Like, give us that mindset. And you know what I'm talking about, that conversation sure, we we'll yeah. just add.
1: Yeah. So um, I, I may not be the best motivational post uh, that you see on Instagram today where people are saying, if you don't like first succeed, try, try again. Uh, I kind of agree with that in one sense, but I, I also disagree with it in the fact that you know that the quote like if you you know um, do the same thing over and over again expecting different results well that's a definition of insanity and so a lot of like motivational posts like well if you don't try, if you don't do it like just try it again and it's like no like don't that's really dumb uh, and it may kill you you can be successful uh 10 years in a row and that's great but if you go bankrupt once you're you're done mostly and so what I'd like to do is Um, On any new initiative, I set a timeline on it. And I just, uh, you know, uh, going back to my first step, I register a domain. If my domain comes up for renewal a year later and I don't have customers and I don't have like a working business model and a plan and all that stuff, if it's not actually in action, I don't renew the domain and I just let it die. I just like just just kill it right there, Um, because if it's just always nagging me and it's it's been an entire 12 months, chances are I'm just not going to do it. So um, I call it failing forward. Like that's like just my general like sense of just like being okay to push something in the ground, not being so prideful that it's like, Oh, well, it was a good idea. You know, the reality is if, if you have an idea and nobody buys it, was it ever a good idea for me? No. If people aren't buying onto it, it's, it's not a good idea, no matter how brilliant you thought it was. And so I do have a long list of companies that I have failed um, over the last 15 years. Um, even uh one, you know years ago that i thought was going to be really big and uh it was called live tweet my event where i realized that a lot of events and conferences didn't have anybody really like managing the twitter conversation during the event and it was like i just loved the idea and i had people trained and we had program we had everything set up zero like nobody had a budget for somebody to man twitter during an event and so we just killed it
0: like I said, this is brand performance, right? I, I love entrepreneurs who perform and get things done because then you get a return, right? If nothing happens, no sale happens, you're a professional volunteer. And how many people are sitting out there without making you know, financial revenues and just volunteering Their passion for nothing. Mm -hmm. And so I love the fact that you are taking these risks and accepting failure. And I think just as people are listening to what you're sharing there, Daryl, they're relating in a way that like, wow, just reframe some of the things that you've maybe been working on. And look at you, how successful you are. I mean, there's by no mistake that, you know, you've received this award twice. I mean, you're the Growth 500 award recipient. That really says a lot right there. So the way that you approach things and your mindset, you know, tell us what that is in in a big, full-bodied way.
1: Sure. Yeah, that's a, that's a fun question. It almost drives me nuts uh, most of the time. We actually just recently, uh, I think about two weeks ago, won it uh, that award three years in a row. So now we've, we're have we on that list three years in a row, which by the way, it's just kind of hard to maintain being on that list. And so we're almost a little bit tired. I, I just believe that you're growing or you're dying. Uh, there's no maintaining. Uh, if you're maintaining, your your competitors are very happy to come along and take those customers away from you. Um, and uh, you're, you're going to maintenance yourself into the ground. And so uh, because, you know, it failing uh, and like just going under is not something that anyone wants to do. I have to grow. Um, I have to see, uh, I, you know, I think for five years, we, we grew between 40 to 50% every year, year over year. And we just set our new targets. Now, when you do that, the term growing pains is very relevant to us. Uh, we're going through it right now. We're growing again. And so we're going to go through those pains. And so, you know, it's it's about discussing that with your team, creating an action plan, figuring out stuff before it breaks. There's a lot of stuff that happens there, but I always say that people either have a company or business. And, uh, you know, a business is just, it's an idea that's executed. So even if you're a dentist, you can have a good business and that's fine. Um, but a company, you know, think about having a company over, it means people and, uh, and, and people you've got to grow that team. And so our, our mindset is always, here's our goals. Uh, you know, we have a one page, uh, strategic plan, uh, for our business and it has our goals. And, uh, when we started out, we start out with four people and our, our big goal was 30 people. And at the time, you know, around a tiny little rented boardroom, it seemed a little strange, but being 24 now we're getting there. Uh, You know, Marlo, like you're, you're uh, very flattering in your comments, but it's like, we're, we're not there yet. We're, we're still a work in progress, but growth has to be the top of any conversation of, okay, this is great that what we've done, but how do we expand this, you know, like how do we actually reach more markets, get more customers and, and be successful with those customers.
0: Yeah. You may not feel that sense, you know, so from a lens of somebody looking on the outside, looking into your, you know, your accomplishments, they're quite powerful. But these are things that we need to hear. We need to hear about how you're approaching it, how, you know, what you're focused on. And I am a huge advocate of focus on growth. I mean, 30% focused on growth. I encourage every client to do that. And, you know, 30% of your day, that's two hours a day. That's 10 hours a week. That's 40 hours in a month, just focused on growth. When you have that Mm -hmm. much focus on growing, what are you going to do? You're going to grow. Yeah, and so yeah. that's really essentially, you know, and that's why, you know, being an entrepreneur and being a high performer is very, very pivotal. But then there's also a conversation. This is kind of where I want to bring our listeners to the close of this episode. You know, we're, we're listening to you and, and all of these concepts and ways of, you know, that you've achieved success in my terms, how I'm looking at you. But what about like the hustle and the, you know, the mm-hmm. culture that goes into all that you have described? How mm-hmm. do you stay balanced? What are the boundaries like for Daryl?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that's um, that's something that's uh, uh, right now. I believe it's sad that people believe that we need to work eighty hours a week in order to get ahead. I don't think it's going to help you actually. I think it may end up hurting you or burning you out. Um, other people that uh, you know, I talk about only going bankrupt once. That, that that's probably not as true as you only really do a major burnout once, and then it's like you can recover. But it's, it's always something that you kind of live with of the, the fear or the thought of burning out. And so, you know, in that area, I really implore all business owners to start the way that they want to finish. So if you want to, like, work nine to five in your, in your life, and if that's your, your balance, then start doing that. If you start, you know, working to like seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night and answering emails at 1030 and all that stuff, you're not only like training yourself to, to respond in that way, but you're training your employees and you're training your customers. Going forward, you could be three or four years forward and you're ready to go back to nine to five, but no one else is. And so you're still getting those emails at, you know, 8.30 at night and you're still getting a client texting you at, at 9.15, asking where their assets are. And, and, and now you've kind of worked yourself into a situation where um, it's, you know, you can't actually have a balance. And so um, I've always been a huge fan of, you know, not balance, but but boundaries. And so at five o'clock, uh, my laptop has this really cool feature where it closes. And so I use that feature. I just I just shut it. Um, I, you know, I take my my phone out most of the times. I just throw it on my desk. I, you know, work from home. I walk out and I'm, I'm dad um, from now on because that's their time. That's not my client's time, right? I don't let my kids in on my client meetings. I don't let my clients in on my kid time. So, and when you have that pressure of, case between nine to five, you really tend to use that time wisely. You're not waffling and thinking that you can do it later. You just actually, you know, get it done. And uh, so typically I have between 10 to 14 meetings a day. Um, I pack my calendar. I work as hard as I can. I automate, I do everything to, to, to make this go forward, but I don't do that at night. Cause that's just, you know, that's not the life that I want to live.
0: When I wrote my business plan, we just crossed the 10 year finish line, you know, 10 years in business on a personal brand. Yeah. And a lot of times it doesn't happen. But in this conversation, I wrote my business plan with a four day work week. And that's what I do. And I've done that for 10 years. And three o'clock in the afternoon is when I go to my follow up phase. And for an hour, I go back and reach all my touch points, button up my business. And so there is no stress and overwhelm as I segue into the evening. You know, I've been married for 30 years. We have two brilliant kids. They too are entrepreneurs. You know, they've watched this lifestyle you know in addition to that i take the entire month of july off we have a beautiful mm-hmm. lake mm-hmm. home and i go out and i kayak and i enjoy and you know and kind of detox now am i still serving clients yes in a space of serving a person but we don't write initiatives to build the business or launch initiatives or i want everybody in the company to detox and to take time away it's fun because when you have that much time away you're so ready to get back into your routine and your business and you have a whole new fresh perspective so i think that has been you know, and listening to you, you have to as an entrepreneur, you have to have those types of boundaries. And I love how you say, "Start how you want to finish." That's just beautiful.
1: Yeah, beautiful. and uh, and we really do it to ourselves. If you're overworked, um, don't look to your employees, your customers. Uh, you've done it. Um, you know, we we recently just uh, adopted a puppy uh, two days ago, uh, so that's going to be uh, quite new. It's a nine-week-old puppy, and you know, we're starting you know puppy training and all that fun stuff, and. You know, I read some articles on it and it said, there's no such thing as bad dogs, just, you know, like undisciplined owners. It's the same, right? I'm not PS. I'm not saying that like employees are dogs or anything like that, but it's like, we're setting up expectations with one another at the beginning. And we have to do that early or later on. It's going to be really hard to change their expectations and behaviors.
0: Well, yeah, you're the leader, right? Other people follow you. That's the definition of a leader. You have followers. And so it's how you're leading yourself in all of these different circumstances is how, you know, you're leading other people, your family, mm-hmm. your community, everything. And so kudos to you for being such a successful person and somebody that we love to follow. Oh, we're coming to the close. Where can we find Daryl? How can we add you to our circle of influence?
1: Awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, feel free to follow me along on Instagram. Uh, so it's Daryl K spelled D-A-R-R-E-L-L-K. So it's two R's, two L's. I kind of a messed up spelling, but I didn't choose it. I was too young. And then you can uh, take a look at, you know, Google candy box marketing. You can even just Google Daryl keys you'll find a, a, you know, first 20 pages of results there. Connect with me on LinkedIn, any way that you feel like you want to connect, that'd be awesome. But, uh, I've recently started running. And so if you want to join, uh, my, uh, running in the winter, uh, that's on Instagram and then I do skiing in the summer. So, uh, yeah, keep up with the daily updates there.
0: Cause that's what Canadians do, right? <laughs> I love it. All right. So to learn more about Daryl Keyser, you can also visit our website at marlohiggins.com where you can add Daryl to your circle of influence and connect his different resources. Again, Daryl, this is just a enlightening conversation. Thank you so much for your time on this.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much for having me on again, Marlo. Really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. And if you enjoyed this episode and it left you feeling inspired, please share your biggest takeaway in our Perform and Get Paid community Facebook page. That's where we'll engage and respond to your questions. So this is Marlo Higgins, your Chief Inspirational Officer. Have an awesome rest of your day.